this was the first time I found myself feeling bad for Sam Darnold. And I, I don't usually feel bad for professional athletes when they're struggling or, or when their team is struggling. But watching Sam, I, I felt bad against the Colts. Like, I'll feel bad when a player gets hurt. I'll feel bad for a, a fan base sometimes. I felt bad for Steve Bartman. I felt bad for Patrick Ewing at the end of his career when his knees couldn't make it through the playoffs anymore. But I, I rarely find myself just, just feeling bad for a young, healthy, well-paid quarterback. But seeing how abysmal this team is right now, see, seeing that Sam Darnold is trying, he's getting beat up, he has no weapons, he has no support, no support from the lack of talent around him, no support from the head coach who has done a horrendous job of developing him. No support from the front office who has given him no protection, no depth, no playmakers, no leadership to mentor him. You, you, you cannot make someone the youngest quarterback in the history. Let me repeat that. The youngest quarterback in the history of the NFL to ever start an NFL game, which Sam Darnold was at the age of 21 and however many days it was when he started against the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football back just over two years ago. You can't put a player in that position and just say, go figure it out on your own. No playmakers, no leadership, no front office support, no coaching. This, this was not a veteran quarterback that you're, you're leaving out to dry. It was the youngest starting quarterback in the 50-year history of the NFL. What team does that? In any sport, not just in the NFL, in any sport, what team does that? Sam Darnold is not LeBron James who carried a team to the NBA Finals by himself in year four. Now, usually young, talented players in any sport need help. Even Kobe Bryant had Shaquille O'Neal. The dude needed some help, and he's not getting it. I don't want to watch the youngest starting quarterback in the history of the NFL have to do it by themselves. I don't want the youngest doctor in the history of medicine to perform surgery on me without somebody standing nearby to coach he or she along if needed, without some top-notch nurses on standby. I don't want the youngest pilot in the history of flight to captain my airplane without a veteran co-pilot nearby. I'm not putting the youngest chef in the history of food eating to be running my restaurant on a Friday night without a staff that knows the industry, a staff that can step up if things go south for a bit. Darnold has been thrown out there, and it's unfairly ruining him. He's not, he's not good enough to do it on his own. Some players are. LeBron James was. Andrew Luck was. And I, I think that's a that's a decent example because the, the Jets have built around Sam Darnold as poorly as the Colts built around Andrew Luck. Luck was just that good. He was able to carry a team, but even he was ruined by poor leadership. And Darnold is now being ruined by poor leadership. And I think the difference is the Jets are going to end up giving up on Sam Darnold before he gives up on them. For the Colts, Luck gave up on them. And Darnold is not Andrew Luck. I think some of us had hopes that he was when the Jets traded up and took him with the third overall pick in the 2018 draft, but he's not. At this point, in the third year of Darnold's career, his ceiling is an average quarterback, somebody that's maybe a little bit above being just a game manager. Dak Prescott type of effectiveness. I think that's the max for Darnold right now, which you can win with. If you build around him correctly, you give him playmakers, have a good defense, but you can't expect him to just carry a bad team. And 
knowing the Jets have a quarterback that can't do it on his own, it's frustrating to see no Le'Veon Bell, no Jamison Crowder, no George Font, Brashad Perriman is out, Connor McGovern was active but hurt. You lost Makai Becton during the game, who's quickly becoming the team's best offensive player in his rookie year, but he was out for the second half. Braxton Berrios was your number one receiver. He has 12 career receptions, six of them coming last week against the Niners. Not exactly a frightening passing game for the Indianapolis Colts to worry about. 10-point loss, week one. 18-point loss, week two. 29-point loss, week three. It's not getting better. This is bad. There are no compliments right now. There's no, yeah, the Jets lost, but... They're getting better here. You know, they're not closing the gap. They're not moving the ball. Nobody is improving. 10 points, 18, 29. They're getting worse as the season progresses. And Adam Gase is now 30 and 38 as a head coach. We gave this stat last week. But Sunday against the Colts was now his 30th career double-digit loss and his 25th by at least two touchdowns. Adam Gase is in his fifth season as an NFL head coach, and, and he regularly gets blown out. It's almost as likely that he's going to get blown out in a loss as it is that he's going to be able to get a win. Quick break on the Brandon Condes Jets podcast back after this. As bad as it is, I would not fire Adam Gase in season. At least that's my my current plan. I reserve the right to change my opinion if it continues in this downward spiral. But while I, I think Gase doesn't deserve to be the head coach of the Jets overall or of any NFL team for that matter, I also, I don't, I just don't love the idea of firing a head coach in season. I don't know that that serves the organization well going forward. And I don't want to get too much into this right now because I want to keep this one short. It's 1 a.m. Sunday morning and the Jets have a quick turnaround. Uh, 1 a.m. Monday morning and the Jets have a quick turnaround with the, the Thursday night game against Denver. So obviously there there's, there's zero chance that Gase gets fired right now because they have a game Thursday night. And we're going to have more time to discuss this Thursday night after the game, Friday, Saturday, whenever I record my next one of these, depending on we'll see what what happens in that game. But Chris Mortensen reported for ESPN that Gase's, that the hot seat isn't just being caused by fans in the media, that the, the scrutiny is indeed real, and it's coming from the front office. So I know Christopher Johnson threw out the vote of confidence a week or two ago, but but if it, if it gets uglier, Gase could absolutely get fired in season. I personally don't love that. I don't love firing a coach in season because I want to know that I'm starting a coaching search from scratch in the offseason. And if the Jets fire Adam Gase and say Jim Bob Cooter takes over and say they happen to win four or five in a row, now there's pressure to just give Jim Bob Cooter a contract and never actually search for a new coach in the offseason. So there's, there's little benefit to firing a coach in season. And I think there's actually more risk that you're going to get stuck with not just a different coach, but still stuck with the wrong coach. You want to tell me that Jim Bob Cooter deserves a chance to call plays? I'm on board with that. Uh, Gase is in his second season of a four-year contract. Everything about his tenure, about his offense, about his quarterback development abilities have been awful. Everything that he sold the Jets on has been empty promises. Everything we were sold on about what Gase could be as a head coach has been wrong. Our concerns about what he was in Miami have been justified. If the Jets want to strip Gase of play calling responsibilities, then go for it. See if 
See if Jim Bob Cooter can create some spark as a play caller, not as a head coach. Gase is, is an awful quarterback developer. He's a brutal in-game manager. He's a quitter. He has a, a take-my-ball-and-go-home mentality when things aren't going his way, which, which rarely they are. Team gets off to a bad start, falls behind early. He doesn't adjust. He sticks to his game plan or just throws in the towel and refuses to take any risks to get back in the game. Last week, they seemed dead less than 30 seconds into the game against the 49ers. This week, it was less than two minutes for the Colts to go up a score on Darnold's pick six. And give give Darnold a little bit of credit for bouncing right back. Six for eight, 60 yards, 88-yard touchdown drive later on in the first quarter, culminating with an incredible scramble, avoiding two sacks, finding Barrios for the 16-yard score to make it 7-7 after one. Then you get 26 unanswered from the Colts. From the Indianapolis Colts and an old, very old Phillip Rivers. First year in a new offense for, for Rivers. Two more picks from Darnold. Another pick six. And, and somewhere along the way, sometime in the third quarter, Gase just threw in the towel. He quit. Six second half drives for the Jets. Three punts. One interception. One turnover on downs. One safety. You're down 10 points at halftime. Things things did not go well in the first half, and that's that's how the Jets adjust. They adjust it, and they come out in the second half, three punts, one pick, one turnover on downs, a safety. That's the sign of a head coach that knows how to make halftime adjustments. Do you watch other offenses, other teams? Did you, did you see any of the, the Dallas Cowboys-Seattle Seahawks game? And... Maybe it's it's not totally fair to compare because Russell Wilson's playing at just a, a historic level right now, 14 touchdowns in his first three games. But but even the, the Bills-Rams, two mediocre quarterbacks in Josh Allen and Jared Goff. Watch the way they play offense. Watch the Arizona Cardinals with a second-year quarterback. Watch the Chiefs-Ravens Monday night with two older veteran head coaches, but two head coaches who have the ability to adjust when things aren't going well, who can change the game plan and come back if they're down by 10 points, not just get stubborn, blame everybody else, and throw in the towel when it's not going well. Teams, teams go for it on fourth down in their own zone now. The Jets would never do that. They trust analytics. Other teams, other franchises, they, they take risks and attempt plays that would have seemed outrageously progressive just two or three seasons ago, but they figure out ways to move the ball downfield nearly every other, every drive. And the, the, the Jets are nowhere even near that stratosphere, that level of offensive play. The Jets look like they're from a, another era of football. Gase can't adjust in game. What makes me think that he can adjust with the times from year to year. And it, it's not just the NFL. Every sport is like that. this. It's as if it, the if Adam Gase was a baseball manager and his team was refusing to use the shift. Or an NBA team trying to build around Dwight Howard at this point in his career. Or like the San Antonio Spurs with LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. Two guys that could score, but they can't shoot the three. Adjust with the times. I'm not saying every NBA offense needs to model after the Golden State Warriors, what they were a couple of years ago, or every NFL offense needs to model after the LA Rams, but recognize some of those successes, recognize the analytics and ways that give you the best chance to score, best chance to win, best chance to implement some of that. But as every other team 
get smarter in the front office and more efficient on offense, the Jets continue to look dumber. They continue to look like a bad team from another era, a bad team with no direction. And now a quick turnaround, and, and I think Thursday night is going to be telling. Thursday night, is it's going to be, the which is crazy, that it's already going to be the quarter mark for the Jets. But it's a battle of two 0-3 teams. It's a winnable game. Maybe outside the Dolphins, it's the most winnable game on the, the Jets' schedule all year. And, and win or lose, let me be clear, I'm not, I'm not at all concerned about an 0-16 season. As the Jets get healthy, the, this team is, is more than capable of winning a few games. But at 0-4, with a long week, if the Jets are going to fire Gase, that's a possible time to do it. And at 0-4, the calls for Trevor Lawrence... They're going to get loud. Jets are underdogs at home to a winless team with a third-string quarterback. That's that's wild. But bad coach, bad quarterback, bad team every time. And that's that's where the, the Jets are right now. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast. And as always, big up.